Welcome back to the Two Months Podcast presented by BioSteel. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall, and uh, this episode is powered by GoGoat Sports. This is our official launch with them, so we're very excited. Uh, kind of was a soft launch before in our previous episodes, but we are super excited to uh, get going and, and have this uh, journey upon, upon us right now. Uh, we got the uh, the Rev with us. He's back. He's been uh, on a few episodes before. He's just been busy, but uh, Rev, how's it going? back from the dead there you go here we go (laughs) there we go here we go yeah and uh we have a very special guest he is a two-time stanley cup champion and he's the current hockey analyst with rogers sportsnet and he was uh previously with the uh, carolina hurricanes too in a consulting role we'd like to welcome back to the two months podcast we have mike fuda foods how's it going absolute pleasure these late nights on the East Coast are killing me. Yeah, these uh, <laughs> at least that Oiler game in a way. I know it did go to overtime, but at least it did start uh, seven o'clock instead of eight o'clock. Oh, absolutely! So, uh, one hour might make a big difference for the guys out east, isn't that right, Foods? Oh, I was up early doing uh doing some stuff with the fans, so I'm all I'm all good. Yeah, I'm hockey primed. Nice. Um, I guess kind of your thoughts on the game last night and what is happening in the NHL, because I was just saying this before, a 3 nothing lead in the playoffs was almost the, almost a guaranteed lock maybe during your time in, in tenure with the Kings and maybe not that long ago too, but uh, it definitely seems like lately, it, especially not especially this year, 3 uh, nothing leads aren't a guaranteed win and uh, you can blow leads just like that. Uh, your thoughts on the Kings blowing a 3 nothing lead and the Oilers winning last night? I know you know Zach Hyman. You like him. He's a good friend of yours. And same with Soup and that too. So thoughts on the Oilers win last night? Like it's it's amazing. It's it's well. First of all, the I think we talked earlier, Josh, about uh, I think out of the sixteen teams in the Stanley Cup, eight of them are starting goaltenders that you never had. They, they were not supposed to be starting the season as their starter, uh, which is unusual. So as far as locking it down. Um, not only style of play has changed, but uh, having that goaltender, like I, I remember for us with Jonathan Quick, and uh, I'm even even uh, Rev Corey Crawford during the the Cup day. You just yep. you knew when you had a three goal lead, it was like you were bringing Mariano Rivera out of the bullpen, right? Like, yep. it was done. And it, it now, and it's not just poor goaltending, but it's just. It's just goaltending you can't truly count on, so everything's up for grabs um, and uh, and just style of play. And and when you look at the Oilers, for for example, I mean, obviously they're an offensive juggernaut, they're explosive. But I, I just thought L.A. after the first period that that's as good as you can play uh, against the Oilers. I mean, and and Connor and the and the group has been not firing on all cylinders. But you have to give LA credit for the you know the one three one clogging up the neutral zone, taking away uh, Connor's speed. But wow, what a what a switch, <laughs> what a switch of events! And I, I it started to see the ball rolling. I was kind of you know like Evander Kane was so dominant last year. You were kind of waiting to see him get involved, and then as soon as it started, you start to see you're poking holes, and you start to see the the slide, and you can't. You can't just hang on anymore. And uh, I, I even thought Tampa did it the other night against the Leafs. Like 
they had him and there was so much offensive zone. You got to keep going. You got to keep pushing. You got to keep pushing. If you start looking at the clock and starting to wait, you know, we got how much before we win, how, how long is going to tick off the clock before we win? And you, and you lose your offensive dominance and your forecheck and everything. You start to see it slide. And last night was a perfect example. And, and now again, though, you've got to, you've got to say to yourself, like, how many times in the playoffs and after four games are you sitting with your coaching staff saying, who are we going to start in that next game? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's become dominant. I mean, obviously you got to come back with Jack, I would assume. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be interesting, but good on the Oilers because I thought I literally was sitting on the couch thinking, Oh my God, just like, like the Leafs, you know, does this Toronto-Edmonton final ever going to happen? And then you're like, oh, my gosh, they, you know, is Edmonton going to go back home down 3-1? Yeah. <laughs> Wondering who they're going to start in that. But good on them. That's a huge comeback. Yeah. Rev, you want to jump in on any of this here? And Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, you know, my heart on Skinner. I mean, I'm, I'm skins for the wins all day long, you know. So, Foots, you're, you're telling me in your heart of hearts you think they're going back with Jack? I honestly don't know. I, I would... It's a decision. It's it's not like I would, I would honestly, Skinner should be starting the next game. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Back to your, even my point is it's amazing that you're having these conversations like yeah. that, it, it, like this week. And that's why I think it's no leads. It, I mean, everybody knows who's starting every night for Tampa, right? Yep. Like if, yep. if Sam, if Samsonov has another bad, if Samson has a bad game, there's a question who comes next Edmonton, the fact they're even having a discussion about who's starting the next game. It's just a, it's do those conversations never really happened. You just rode your horse all the way through, and exactly so many series, so many series. Now it's like, who do you start next? Mm. Mm-hmm. That, that's just it's not an Edmonton problem. It's unbelievable that there's that much going on. Like the fact in Carolina, they're like, you know, Freddie Anderson was supposed to be riding the horse, and they start Ranta, and now you know it's like yeah. it's amazing that teams have these decisions to make with their starting goaltending. It's just, it's, it's just. Well, I mean, in in your, in your opinion, then is this, is this the future of the NHL, this two goalie system? No, (laughs) no, it's just, it's just where we are. No, it, well, it's unbelievable, but in my opinion, it's a, it's a cap situation, right? Like, I mean, it, you don't like, I a hundred percent agree with you that Skinner has got the ball and deserves the ball, but there's $5 million backup. Okay, wow. in Florida, they got a guy, a thirty-year-old, starting in net with a ten million dollars backup. Like it's it's not the way the game goes because you financially can't have a guy making millions and millions of dollars with a baseball cap on, right? So, but it's just amazing that that's where the game, like this this playoffs at. That how many guys that are uh, neutralizing your salary cap are not in the game? Flurry is another yeah. one, right? So, no, hundred percent, hundred percent, Josh. There you go. And yeah. I mean. And that one to me was like an absolute shocker that it was almost like they predetermined and I've got my, Oh my God, the blue Jays drove me crazy this weekend. It's almost like they said ahead of time that, um, that uh, Flurry's got to get game two. Like yeah. how do you go in and steal, and steal game one with, with Gustafson and Nett, and then come back and say, okay, Mark Andre's going game two. Like, mm-hmm. Like, are you kidding me? Like, and then, and I mean, whatever, it's all tied up now, but I just couldn't believe that they went back and started him after you win a game on the road with this kid in net. And then you go back just because it's an odd, you know, you got to tip your cap to a hall of famer and Mark Andre Fleury, but that, that wasn't his game to start. And then, and then they're chasing it. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, 
Foods, your thoughts. Darnell Nurse has been the, so the Kings have scored twelve goals in this series. Nurse has been on for nine of the twelve. Um, he's kind of. I thought it was twelve, actually. Yeah, so maybe it is twelve there. So, um, but you know, our friends at Missing Curfew and our friends at Spit and Chicklets, uh, we see what the tweets are saying and and everything like that. Um, you saw Kulak elevate his game last night to take those minutes away from Nurse when the game was getting a little bit closer. What happens going forward? Obviously, you know, DeHarnay uh, didn't play the rest of the game after kind of that gaffe against Fiala. I mean, against Arvidsson. He did play a bit in the second, but uh, he was benched. And same with Clem Costin. Um, some question marks going forward, but, you know, Nurse, $9.25 million defenseman. What happens here with him? And how, how do you see him elevating his game, getting back to where it needs to be to, to hold this series off and get Edmonton the win? He has to. I mean, he has to. And I mean, you always talk about, and again, it, I love Darnell Nurse as a play. I think he's a character player. He stands up for his teammates. Um, but when his game slides, it doesn't just slide, it crashes. And this is not a time of year. I mean, you're, this is where, I mean, he's got to show the place that his sister show. Yeah. Playing, playing yeah. for the women's theater. She's the coolest cat. She's the most consistent player on Team Canada night after night. And I mean, he's a great athlete, but with $9.25 million, which is an extreme gaffe, uh, and it's not his fault. Good nope. on him for getting it, but it's a $6 million defenseman making 9.25. So you better live up to it. And that comes with, uh, and that comes in a Canadian hockey market that needs you right now. Thank God. Could you imagine where this team would be without uh, that trade at the deadline with the, uh, back yeah. home? Like he's like just seeing. Like, talk about for me, I always knew he was good, but it's Nashville's one of those markets for whatever reason, they just don't no, see them, they're, right? They're and, hidden, yep. And they're kind of, and in fairness, it, there's a reason too. I mean, they're, they're, they're like the vanilla milkshake of everything, right? They never, they've never won anything, but they've always been good, yeah. right? So you see a guy in the back end there, and now it, it's amazing how vocal he is in the bench. You'd think he'd been there for 10 years. Like, he's, this guy's a force, right? So now you got a guy now that should be, this should be the reason that's taking it off. The This should be the, the absolute soother for Darnell Nurse that now they've got a guy that I didn't think was a number one, but on their team, he's a, he's a, he's their number one, right? We've, we've had that argument. It's not an argument. If it's a great debate about how many number one defensemen are in the NHL, there's probably 12, but there's 32 teams, right? You, so who's your number one as opposed to what a real number one is? We're seeing a real number one in Hedman coming back in on one leg or whatever he is and yeah, yeah. and changing a series. But this should be the ultimate soother for the Edmonton Oilers, having this guy communicating and settling him down. And just play within yourself. Okay, He's not a quarterback of a power play. It, it, but what gets me is the is the coverage plays and the and the and the the the, the penalties that are totally unnecessary. Like, I mean, he I like when I like it better when he's uh, uh comes in to help his teammates out where as opposed to these cross checks yeah that are needless, like needless. Like so anyways, I mean that being said, he just has to. I mean, I don't know how he does it. Uh maybe just goes out to lunch with Ekholm and learns how to friggin' calm yeah. down and just play within yourself. But hey, you got your you're making your money. At this stage, it's not for us to get in a guy's head. If you're making that kind of money, you should be proven that you can react and respond to a series. And I mean, and, and again, you look at these guys. I love watching for me now, like uh, to see the fire back in Kopitar and Doughty after yeah. five years of, you know, I mean, you would get it rev after, I mean, watching your boys and 
you kind of still hate LA. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you know what? There we go. I still hate Chicago, but I mean, I, honestly, <laughs> but I still have so much respect for watching how uh, Taze and Kane, like to, to mm-hmm. those guys that were just. When you start to see the guys that were part of probably one of the best eras of competition going against mm-hmm. each other, kind of going off into the sunset, and 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 having to see Chicago like those guys play non-competitive games, and now you see the fire. For four years now, even last year, because Drew was out of the playoffs, like he didn't mm-hmm. play in the playoffs mm-hmm. uh, with his injury. To see Kopitar and Doughty have that fire back again, it's like for me, it's just riveting to see how they can to rise up to that that level again and, and play meaningful games. It's Foods, you, you forgot how mean Doughty was. Oh, I never forgot that. <laughs> no, li- no. Listen, these last few years, because because in, in my estimation, he's out last year. Whatever, what he made a dis- difference yeah. if he was there, because you're in that mindset, right? But this yeah. year, seeing him play, oh. it's it's a treat. It's well, an absolute treat. But if you, it's it's because again, L.A. kind of became. We were a really, and we were hot at the right time because everybody else in L.A. sucked, right? And I'm not gonna get off topic, but the Dodgers, the Lippers, and the Lakers were all down. And we just had a run in at the right time. But Drew just took it to another level. And then they tried to convince him that if he didn't get taught, he wasn't going to be a Hall of Famer. And that just pissed him off, right? And that, yeah. and, and I think he's grown back into it. And he's really, he's matured to a point, like, as a human, like, I mean, as a parent and everything, when you hear him talk about how much, like, this guy is the most, he's hockey brilliant and so basic as a human when, as far as his natural, <laughs> like he's not going yeah. to Yale, put it that way, but his mm-hmm. on ice and his competitiveness, he and Jonathan quick are the two most competitive people I've ever been around in my life. And yeah. to see him get another chance of being competitive. Like we had our 10 year anniversary in the, in the off season for our, our first cup. And all he could talk about was the fact that he wasn't being talked about being on the Olympic roster. Imagine that. Like, I mean, yeah. that's how competitive. Like, he was so pissed off that Petrangelo was. I mean, he, 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 you talk about Makar and he'd kind of roll his eyes. He goes, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's ridiculous. Yeah. And he has, he has so much respect for guys that he plays against, but he literally couldn't believe that he wasn't still in that conversation. Yeah. And then that kind of competitive nature. And then to go and back it up, like, he looks like this is an absolute challenge to him to play against the best player in the world and arguably 1B, 1C, whatever dries mm-hmm. that is, mm-hmm. and show that this guy is back in it. Oh, he's still got the jam. And, oh, yeah. and you know what? He's he's a pretty good trash talker, too. So <laughs> He would be the best mic'd up guy. And, <laughs> Listen, and, he, they've caught him a couple times on a mic, and he's, he's oh, phenomenal. No. And he's so basic with his trash talk. I mean, just like, hey, hey we're, you're just not a good player. Yeah, yeah, buddy, you suck. Yeah, you suck like, at hockey. You, you were a minor for so long. Basic. I'm not sure you are, but I know yeah. you suck at hockey. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there's some good ones. So, how do they regroup here, Foods? Uh, you know, Kopitar. You know, Doughty, uh, inside and out. How do they uh, regroup the the rest of this Kings team to come back uh, for a strong Game Five here in Edmonton? House money. I mean. Just think how how hard they played them. I, I mean, you've got it. That's a total reset. I mean, I love the game within a game between the student and the in the in the teacher, right? Like that's Todd McClellan's Jay Woodcroft's been his assistant, you know, forever. And uh, and then 
Jay makes that, you know, Todd wanted Jay to come down to LA as his assistant and Jay made the decision to stay and be the American league coach in Edmonton and, and cut his teeth and be a head guy. And now he's there and it's total. These guys know each other in and out, forget the teams like that, that gamesmanship very seldom. The one thing, and I, I love Todd and I grew up at the Woodcroft. So, uh, Todd's very seldom, um, you see the emotion you're seeing on the bench with regards to when a goal scored, like the old throw it up in the arm, like you just won the peewee championship. Like he's usually pretty subdued. This one's special. And I think uh, the fact that, you know, it's strange. Like when teams get like quietly, you get your best player back in the lineup and you lose, <laughs> you know, or your leading score. Like it's, it's unbelievable. That's what's great about the playoffs. Like quietly Fiala, slides back in and he was great i mean it wasn't nothing to do with it no but you're on this roll you get your best player back and you find a way to lose um it's that's what makes those games worth staying up for but they just got to reset i mean and that's where that's where a kopitar will be huge um and uh again this is a new this is a new beast they, they went seven games last year but it was for me i thought last year jonathan quick flashback to Circa Jonathan Quick was yep. way more prominent. Like this is more of a team team grind than a just wow, this goalie's just standing on his head. And Corbisalo's been very good. But again, it comes back to <laughs> two teams that one thought Jack Campbell was going to ride them off in the sunset. The other had uh Jonathan Quick and uh I who's I even forgot Cal Peterson. Yeah. So it's like unbelievable that you flash it forward and it's Corpus Allo versus Skinner. So it'll be interesting. But I, I think LA has no fear of playing in Edmonton. There's way more pressure on Edmonton to win that next game than there is on LA. And I, I don't foresee it being a blowout. I foresee it being a tight game. And again, it's I think it's easier for Edmonton to come back on the road than it is at home, if that makes any sense. Yeah. There's a different feel in that building than, you know, I think the LA fans are they're loud and they're and they're great fans, but they're not as they're not as uh, vicious as Canadian ho ice hockey fans. Like I don't think if you drop if you go down three Cobb at home, they're not cheering. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> they're in disbelief, no. and that's in no. Toronto, Edmonton, any of the big markets. That's yeah, a, they'll sit on their hands. Yeah, it's a different group, and they'll and they'll be thinking about who's the next coach and are we going to lose Connor and. Blah blah blah. Whereas in LA, you know, it's just a bit of a party, right? It's a bit of a party going on. So you can you can you can get yourself back in a game a lot easier on the road and, and get your wits about you than going down three cob at home, which I don't think they're going to, but I mean it's a different it's a different vibe. The fans have a different expectation when you're at home. The Two Months Podcast is presented by Bile Still. Use promo code Two Months Pod Twenty Five. That's Two Months Pod Twenty Five, all capitals, to get twenty five percent off your order at checkout when you go to BileStill.ca. Also, the Two Months Podcast is presented by SeatGeek. Use promo code Two Months Pod, all capitals. That's Two Months Pod to get twenty dollars off your purchase at checkout. We'll throw to you first here on this rev. It's a best of three now. How do you see this series playing out? I'll ask you the same question, Foods. But Rev, how do you see this series playing out in a best of three? Who takes it? Oh man, I was I, you know I was I was going to ask Foods this. I mean, he, he, go ahead and ask him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I I, I want to give my analysis because I'm usually right. So 
<laughs> so in, in point foods and humble. In humble, but earlier in the year i told you this foods uh the steak dinner that uh, campbell starts game uh, skinner starts game one that came from the rev so stuff yeah. the rev still i get one i get one prediction every five years right yeah. so yeah. i mean and so no. you gotta so you gotta buy for stuff no no he's, he's gotta buy for me but he's yeah. denying that this was a whole thing yeah oh. But anyway, well, go ahead. Uh, Thank God um, you for stuff. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm, uh, dude, I, I, I want to say, here's the deal. Here's the deal. And now I'll, I'll be completely honest. And I know that my friends are going to hate me for saying this. Um, I, I want, I'm 50, 50. I want to see Edmonton come out, but I also want to see Edmonton head home with their lunch only because this market is so finicky last night when they're down three, nothing, I get texts from everybody. Oh, the series over. This sucks. You know, we suck, you know, it's, it's finished. And then all of a sudden three, three, well, we got a game. Well, of course we got a game. Are you watching this game? Um, I see, I see Edmonton coming out. I see Skinner start next game. And I think that it's going to be a, I don't think it's going to go seven. I think Edmonton takes the next two games. I think they win. Um, uh, game five on Tuesday, and then that momentum takes in at game six. Would I like to see seven games? Absolutely. You know, especially when I don't have a horse in the race, you know. Um, so it's just good hockey to watch. And, you know, with Chicago, I'd never wanted to see game seven, you know, because you never know. But I, I say Edmonton comes out on top, uh, but I would like to, you know, I'd like to educate some fans around here. But that's just my opinion. Food. Well, good luck with that, Rev. <laughs> Okay, try educating. Try living in this city, and I, and I don't have a horse in the race. But Toronto, it's like it's the same thing. I mean, yeah. in fairness, though, but you've got, I guess you just, I mean, and obviously McDavid's the best player in the world. But you just reverse roles here. It's the same thing. I mean, as soon as mm -hmm. the league get down, McDavid's going to, mm -hmm. or sorry, Matthews is moving to Phoenix, and yep. we suck and blah 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 blah. So, oh yeah, I live. I grew up with that. I live. I grew up in London. So I mean, we had least fans well, surround us all the time. One of the few guys that actually matured in London that I know. Then I appreciate that. Appreciate <laughs> good that. Man. But I also, I, I'm going to go seven games just because uh, I just think the goaltender. There's not a goaltender that I trust in the series, um, mm, yeah. and I agree with you. That's and the, the only reason I come back with the camp is I literally thought he was coming out for the third period. Like I thought he was staying in, right? And it was amazing because I was texting with uh, Kevin Bieksa. And we're we're 100 that there's no way because that pins it on the it makes it look like it's on Skinner right, and the way of the turn that's the only reason I would think there's a chance that they come back like they and I don't think they should come back with Chat. I think Skinner's earned his stripes, but again, it's the, the fact there's even a debate. But I'm going to go seven games just because, and I think Edmonton's going to win. Uh, I don't think Game Seven's going to be as close as we want it to be, but I think I think the next game the, you know, the next couple are going to be tight. Yeah. And, I, and I think Edmonton wins at home in game seven and in a, in a, in one that's going to make the fans uncomfortable watching because uh, it's going to it's it's just because that's the way it is. And, uh, and again, I love the fact I just think when you start to think about guys like you forget the secondary score, like, I mean, geez, like Zach Hyman, like guys like that, you just it's amazing. Like, yeah. to think what, that, wasn't it nice to see him score that winning goal oh. last night? Like, and I, you know, I mean, for me, he's one of my favorite because it's the best Toronto story ever. You know, my dad owned the minor, my dad owned the minor midget team and 
only reason I was on the team is because my dad owned it and I was a 12 forward. And then he just took it and said, watch this, you know, it's one of those greatest stories. And then to think how the Leafs let him go. Hmm. That one still crushes me. He's just could play for anybody. He's one of those guys that like, there's certain guys that you can just tell that like every Babcock used to take a lot of heat because he played them all the time. Right. And you're like, wow, that's just horrible. Any coach. It's like, you know, Daryl Sutter has his Trevor Lewis and his, and this guy is like Trevor Lewis on steroids because the amount this guy can actually play up on your top two lines and and contribute offensively. But what a great story! I love that that part of me as much as I wanted to see L.A. win that game from my ties with Kopi and the and Drew and stuff like that to see Hyman score. I was like, that was awesome, just awesome. Yeah. And it's and it's and talking about it too. Best goal yeah. in this. Absolutely, Bosco. What do you say? He did throw in up till now. Yeah. So that one left at him. Yeah, he in this and he kind of Hyman kind of reminds me of like this new age of the Pascal Dupuis when Pascal was doing so good with Sid in, in Pittsburgh and you know he could fit in kind of anywhere throughout the lineup, but he fit so well with Sid and you know anyone would look at Pascal and wouldn't think that you know that guy's a top six forward, but you know I don't know like in and Hyman he give him credit and I agree as a Leaf fan it's tough to see him leave but you know the salary cap and covid and the cap didn't go up and you know they made priorities other- come on they didn't offer him a no trade yeah that's what they yeah, yeah. didn't offer a toronto kid a no trade yeah he wants so. to stay in town and take less money yeah man it's 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 a it's imagine that thinking a guy that just has that kind of resume worth every penny mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense that he's making that much money but he's worth every penny correct yeah yeah and that's a contract that's not going to fade. I know it's a seven-year deal, but I just don't think it's ever going to fade. I think it has value to it because it's a five million dollar contract. Really, I know it's a little bit more, but yeah. Anyways, he, you know, I, I it's not a contract you're going to like. That's going to hurt us. Now they have maybe some other ones that might, but every team has them. Um, but I Pascal the How about a Pascal Dupuis reference? I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, that no, we, we only expect that from Josh. Yeah. Josh is the only guy yeah. that's going to reference yeah. Pascal. I had, this, I had to pull up my Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your hockey DB. Yeah. My hockey DB, exactly. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, when we had Stoffer on, you have to do the Oilers thing. You have to say, yeah, you just got to play with it and give it the play and say, yeah, you're going to go with Oilers. Um, but in, and I, as what I, in other places in, in whatnot is I even told stuff too this, I said, if Fiala and, uh, Velarde come back, the Kings win in seven. And so I think the Kings win in seven now, you know, Skinner, you know, got pulled Campbell stopped 27 of 28 shots. So, you know, he pretty much saved their season. It could have been over if Arvidsson scores to make it five three, and he makes a save, and he doesn't make it look look nice. I'm texting with, oh. I'm texting with uh, Vernon Fiddler last night during the game, and Fids is just like he's making me nervous every time the puck goes into the other zone. He's like, I don't know what's gonna happen here. So, um, but I I think it it's tough to for me. You know, you got Connor and Lee on the other side. Um, we'll see what happens. The officiating has been horrendous. Maybe we'll get into that here throughout the pod, but, um, you know, and I don't want that to dictate the outcome of a series, but you know, the orders, the Kings were other, on the other, go ahead foods. Sorry. It's inconsistent. Yeah. 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 So, yep. you know, on the other side, you know, the, the Kings got their break in game in game three last night, the orders got the game, the, their, their, their break in game four. Cause 
you know, I know Marcus Foligno called his two penalties last night bullshit. And I would say the same thing on, on Fiala on dry cell. It was a bullshit call. Dry cell just fell down. Like he's, yep. he's at the end of his shift. Um, so we call, you know, as much as other fans want to go on social media and say the Kings are diving to the orders doing the same thing. Cause it's, you just don't know what the referee is going to call at any given moment. So, um, disbelief on the two Felino calls. Like, yeah, 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 they're horrendous calls. And those are the same two officials that did game three in LA. So we'll see if those guys get in a series, get another series or they move on, or maybe that was their last night. Who knows? They're obviously got assignments probably until the end of this first round, but we'll see if they carry on to the second round. But, um, you know, so in, in a way to rev though, kind of, I would like to see the others lose. So this fan base gets humbled a little bit, in my opinion, but you know, when you got Connor and Leon, it's hard to bet against them. And it's, oh, the, same thing. Right. it's the same thing, I guess, when you look at it in the Toronto eyes too, as a, as a Leaf fan, you know, um, they've been humbled a lot, but you know, Toronto loses game three, like every day of the week, the fact that they won that, we'll see what they do game four, but, in past years, the Leafs lose that game and they don't they don't make it out. But again, they are on the right side of a call too because that Braden Point play should have been a goal because they called the same kind of play in the Boston game last night. So I don't know what we're getting every day when we wake up and we watch these games. I don't know what the officiating is and we'll see. Um, and it does feel like maybe a, a series is going to get dictated on it, but it's 2-2. Best of three. We'll see what happens. I still think it goes seven, but, and I think the big point is, is you got game game five on, uh, on Tuesday night and then you don't got game six until Saturday. So there's a good, a good lengthy break. The Oilers are banged yeah. up. The Kings are banged up and that might hold well for the Oilers too, because Kane looks like he's fighting something in the lower he body. Is. In the leg yeah, it was scary. It was yeah. scary. Every time, every time he was touched, he was wincing. Yeah. Um, you know, which, yeah. So before I throw over to Rev here, he's got probably some things, just overall thoughts of the officiating foods and in, in, in what we've seen in the last few years, but especially this year. It's the worst. It's, it's a tough job. And I agree. I mean, I, I, I have, it's hard to say because there's certain games I get so angry when fans like for, I think Macaulay's the best ref in the national. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. And so for them to pull the BS, they're pulling with, Keith, I mean, I've got storied history with that one. So, like, it, that part bothers me um, to think that to think that the league doesn't want for a fan base. And, for, and obviously, I've got no skin in the game with like the calls on Felino. I just like disbelief. That's playoff hockey. But to think that the league wouldn't want Toronto or Edmonton to advance is absolutely asinine. Yeah. I mean, it's it's cash galore for the Leafs to move on, and to have the best player in hockey move on is incredible. Now, whether the league would want two Canadian teams in a final, I mean, that might dent the American market, but I don't think there's anything biased against a team. I just think in general, it's just got to be more consistent. Yeah, it's got to be more consistent. Like I look back at like like that, I, I can't get it out of my head. That Felino hit behind the net. If he doesn't finish that check, he like. He's benched, right? The one behind the net. And I'm still trying to figure out. I kept, I don't know. I don't have the ability, whatever the DVR roll back, but the the what the tripping one in front of the bench. I thought I thought there was a cross-checking penalty coming to Marchman. Correct. And yes, he ends up with a trip. Like it's like, I don't know, he's sitting in the penalty box leaking with a tripping minor. I'm like, oh boy, this is like it's just hard to figure out some of the dynamics of it. And you don't ever want a referee's call to 
to decide a game. And it seems like it's, it seems like this, like for a pretty tame regular season, there's a lot of fights and scrums. Like it's pretty been hard hockey the way you want it. Right. Uh It's almost like the refs are a little surprised with the physicality coming back. Like these guys are so used to like nobody fighting or, or, you know, nobody throwing big hits and stuff like that, that it's gotten out of control. And I mean, but from like, I mean, the people argue the bunting, like that's a five minute major every night of the week. Yeah. And then six game suspension in the regular season and three game in the playoffs. It's yeah. Like it's a total, I don't care whether you've got a clean criminal record. You took the other teams. It's argue. You mean, obviously Sergachev, Sergachev, you argue based on offense, defense, Sarnak's their best defensive defenseman, right? He's their penalty. Sh- like uh, I draft him, so. him in LA. He's like, this kid's a like Drago, how many pucks he eats on the penalty kill. So you're, inadvertently if if bunting doesn't play another game he could be one of the most important plays in the series because he took out a massive piece of their their blue line yeah. so but to argue that call like that's headshot galore and 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 you got the wounded warrior on the other side so it's it, it's a tough position to be in but i just i love when you don't have to talk about them like it's just like you don't even think about it at the end of the game that you have to go back and and so much is monitored, right, by reviews and replays. That you, it, so you don't really have to hold them accountable for an on-ice play because there's every, so much stuff is reviewable that it's crazy with the ability to review stuff. We're still talking about them. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's right. That's just, that's, 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 that's unfortunate. But, I mean, honestly, if you, I know they cut down and they discipline internally, but it just seems way too consistent that we're talking about with all the stuff that's reviewable that we shouldn't have to be talking about refs at the end of games. Rev? Yeah, it's tough. You know, I was at uh, the first year I moved to Edmonton. I went to uh, Edmonton San Jose game, and the best part of that game was uh, McCauley refing. I think I got more video of him than I did of anybody on the ice. He's just a phenomenal ref, and he just he, he adds to the game. You know, and that's so much pride in it too. So it's like to think that I'm not going to get into the whole Keith thing, but that's ridiculous. Yeah. Sheldon Keith shouldn't be able to coach games that McCauley refs. When you hire a contractor, you want things to go smooth. Smooth as a driveway poured by Pete's Concrete. You want a solid guarantee. Solid as a basement floor by Pete's Concrete. You want Pete. Pete's Concrete. For sidewalks, patios, your leaky basement, Pete lays his reputation down with every job, and he offers you finishes and colors you won't find anywhere else. You want someone who proudly puts their name on the work they do. Pete puts his name in concrete. Pete's Concrete. So, I mean, I know as an analyst, you've got to, I mean, is it a, is it a unspoken thing that you've got to stay pretty level across the field or do you have a favorite team? Tell me what your favorite team is. I don't anymore. I mean, honestly, what? I don't, I, I don't, I have favorite ever since I became an LA King, which is like a 13 year run. I had a favorite team. I grew up a Toronto Maple Leaf fan unequivocally, yeah. right? I can't yeah. help. I mean, and now I'm like, it amazes me too, guys that I used to collect their hockey cards. Like I'm now friends with, it humbles me to this day that I'm buddies with, uh, it's probably started when Mark Osborne became my assistant coach, uh, that I realized, you know, the level I was at because you can't, I mean, if you're confident in yourself and the job you do, you can't walk around like, Oh, you know, like in awe of these guys. But I mean, now to be friends with Wendell Clark and Darcy Tucker and talking the phone with Doug Gilmore and like, it becomes, it just becomes, I'm still so hot. Like I never get full of 
Yeah, yeah, who I am. But I mean, it's just, that's a different feel. So, but growing up, Mike Palmatier, 100%, like Leaf jerseys. But now, um, not at all. I don't have that feel for them. I have feel for players that I've somewhere had responsibility for. So I get pissed off when Wayne Simmons isn't in the lineup. Not because it's the right decision, because of the, impact he's had on my career and I've had in his career. So I cheer for Mark Giordano. I cheer for guys that I've, you know, I, I, again, like last night, I can't, I'm not an LA Kings fan anymore by any stretch of the mean, but damn, do I want to see Kopi and Drew do well. So that's kind of way I watch games. It's, it's a hundred percent honest. I don't, I, now that I totally, I have the mental side of me because I want to get back in it so bad with the team that I have mapped out in my mind who I want to see lose because I know it's, a job's going to become available if they lose, but that's just honesty. But it's not a, it, the hardest thing for me and Rev is like, I now that I've, I probably went to 10 games as a fan this year, which I've never, I'm always in the press box. You're always yeah. working in the crowd. I don't have that, like get up. I mean, I get up when the military stuff is being honored, but I don't like when the Leafs score and everybody's up, I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. like, you know, stand up, stand up. You, you, you don't let me. No, I yes. just am watching the game. I love it. But I mean, I mean, if Giordano scores or something, I'll show some emotion. But I, I just don't look at the game that way anymore. I'm a fan of great players, whether I mostly if I've had something to do or they've impacted my career or just just great. I mean, I, I love watching great players play. And yeah, that's yeah. What I'm David and these guys do is and even guys that have impacted playing against. I mean, the whole team. Kane Tay's thing just, just to me was like watching two soldiers. Yeah. I want them to continue on with their legacy, right? Because they were Listen, such. You're gonna, you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> well, it was honestly you watched it, and that to me was like you must have been crying watching the way this has been handled because I'm the same oh. way. Nothing to do it with the way Jonathan Quick's career ended up in L.A. Mm-hmm. Devastated, absolutely yeah. devastated, and the yeah. obviously not. This wasn't a like, what are you doing, Blakey? It was the way it went down, right? There's certain guys that. Don't have to, they just in your mind shouldn't go, it shouldn't go down that way. Clearly, Corpusala, look, he's the trades, Gavrikov and Corpusala are studs. It's not the hockey trade, it's the way it goes down. You don't yeah. want Jonathan Taze as much as it was emotional that last game. That's not the way it should have happened. Patrick Kane, that's not the way it should have happened. So, no. no, let me, let me, let me switch up the question then. And I want to, I want to ask you a couple of Hawks questions because I, I would be, uh, I don't want to miss it, but who do you, so as a personality, you say you like players, forget the teams, you like the players. If you, if you had your choice, one, one player that you could watch hoist that cup this year, who's that player? This is a Chicago question? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to get to the Chicago question. Mark so, Giordano. Okay. Mark Giordano and pass it to Wayne Simmons. I, and, I, and and this is a guy who's not a Leaf fan. So that's kind of contradicting to everything, but that's my. Well, That's I mean, the way she goes. Um, per- I guess I could think as a hockey fan, I eventually want to see Connor get it because he clearly is superseding so much of every, he could break every record ever, but it's a damn shame when you start to think about the ultimate greatness and he's getting it too. Like he knows the only thing that matters. You could shatter every record possible, but you always picture when you talk about records, you see Gretzky going out to get it. You see Lemieux going out to get it. And you very yeah. seldom is somebody that you talk about in the greatest ever. I mean, whether it's or they all got to go out and pick up that big silver thing. And uh, that wouldn't bother me one bit seeing him yeah. get that yeah. off, get that off his things to do list. Yeah, absolutely. Let's put your GM hat back on for a second here. So let's say Chicago pulls first ball. They pick up a dart. How do you build around 
on that kid? What is what are your first moves? You got to start stacking on the back. And I don't know off the top of my head, Rev, is like, it's funny. Like when you look at the Kings, the one thing that Mark Yannetti certainly continued on with his stack on the shelves. Like if you think uh, as much as they struggled for three or four years, the fact their their crib of kids coming up, the right shot D that are coming up, it's amazing. Like to mm-hmm. be able to trade a Brock Faber, right? Like, and it's not so much, it's hard for these guys. Like when you think of the Turcots and the, and the Brant, uh, the kid and Barry they've got coming, like, I know that the Kings have, whether they want to trade it for NHL assets or they've got, they've still got it coming like through this, like through the shelves. I don't, I don't see Chicago right now. Like the back end doesn't add up with having a franchise guy. That's why I think it's going to take longer because there's just not, whether they traded it away or they, or the drafts weren't as prosperous as they were. I mean, uh, I don't see that stud that, influx of talent coming up through their drafting so though i think it's going to take a little bit longer now does it get turned ahead by having a superstar yes but uh i just don't uh, the back end frightens me the goaltending yeah well and, and this, is, this is what i didn't understand over the last year and a half why they're trading they're saying they're going into a rebuild but they're trading away all their good young talent haggle you know uh doc the brink so, i was so confused yeah it it's it, it's I think they, and that's where consistency has it. And I mean, obviously, I mean, I had my best success under uh, with Dean Lombardi, but I got to give them credit, like Blakey and, and the group for for not making those trades and giving away young assets that are coming back to haunt you. I mean, you now see, like, I think that Kaliev, who would have been in my last draft uh, with the Kings as an assistant GM, like this guy's healthy. This guy's a 30 goal scorer. On any, like if this guy plays with the right guy, he's scoring thirty, and he's a healthy mm-hmm. scratch right now. Like mm-hmm. they've they haven't made too many. They haven't made, they've drafted exceptionally well, and it's amazing how many right shot D. Like it's such a I know it's crazy, but right shot D or it's hard. It's hard to come by that many stacked. Like so they've got Sean Walker sitting out, who last year was borderline of a D four. I mean he had disastrous injury, but the guys that are sitting out. And they could still, they were patient with Byfield. Now he looks kind of like, while well, Stutzla was just crashing it down and Quentin was probably losing his marbles, that how am I not playing in the league when the guy picked ahead of me is already an all-star. He looks really good now. Like Adrian Kempe, like Adrian Kempe, you know, we always thought if we got 20 to 25 out of him with all his skills, and now this guy's a first-line winger that scores 40 a year. Like, there's not too many mistakes and and decisions on how they were brought along that are happening. Now you bring in a guy like um, uh, who's second line center, uh, who's Deneau, out of Montreal. Philip, yeah, Philip Deneau. Yeah, Philip Deneau. You bring him in, who's arguably as accountable defensively as Kopi. It frees Kopi up to be a little bit more offensively. It, it you know more like if you look at the trades we made, um, I think the load we got for like moving on from Muzz and Cliffy. To the Leafs, you're now looking at Bjorn Ford, who could play on any other team. He just got called up. He's a lefty. Um, you've got Trevor Moore, um, Jersey, Grunstrom. Yeah. Like, there's, there's, a, there's, there's. I mean, God bless Muzz with his, his injury and stuff. 
And he was definitely worth the a healthy Muzz is worth the price. But when you look how it's panned out, those are real effective trades for the haul that the Kings got back and not necessarily studs, but they're all contributing factors. That's, that's a trade that, wow, that those are, those are real profitable trades. Yeah, They could just roll. Yeah. And there, and there's more coming. Like, I mean, so again, it's hard to get in that lineup if you're a young player, but the fact that a guy like Kaliev, who I, he might've had over 20 this year as a scratch speaks volumes for, you know, and then they add a piece like, you know, they give up on, um, on uh, Lemieux, which he, I guess, whatever, a lot of teams have, but, uh, uh, and then you bring in McEwen, right? So you've still got a little bit of snot there. If anybody wants to screw around, like he's not a heavy, heavy, but there's just a well-balanced team. This public service announcement is brought to you by our friends at CDN. Here's a crazy thought. Not all teamwear needs a team logo. Stand out in the crowd and rep your team colors with one of CDN's hockey hats. Listen, these hats are phenomenal. We just got ours a little while ago, and we've been wearing them nonstop. You know when you find a hat you love and you just can't take it off? Yep, that's how we feel with our CDN hat. Every time we wear it out, we get asked, where did you get that hat? I know what you're thinking. How can I get one? Cue the details. Shop online 24-7 at www.we are cdn.ca and use the promo code two months for 15% off your order. Again, that's www.wearecdn.ca to get your new favorite hat and use the discount code two months at checkout for 15% off your order. We interrupt the two months podcast to bring you some breaking news. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a fresh shave to a beard trim, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using code Two months for 20% off and free shipping. Listen, I'm a real lazy guy. I hate shaving every day. Ask my wife. I leave thousands and thousands of little stubble in the sink. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard. Say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right. Face grooming does not need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. Plus, it's waterproof, so you can please your wife and shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. The titanium-coated T-blade is tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. This kit does not end there, though. They have created four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care. First, beard shampoo and conditioner, then beard oil, and finally, beard balm. 
The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code 2MUTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code 2MUTS. Manscaped, beard hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. The Two Mutts Podcast is brought to you by Free Bars, and Free Bars are arguably the best tasting energy bar. You might have heard Free Bars on the podcast before, and maybe you've tried them at Edmonton's most popular farmer's markets. Free Bars focus on three main things for their bars. One, Free Bars are free of priority allergens, including peanuts, nuts, dairy, eggs, gluten, and soy. Second, Free Bars taste great. I was talking to Luke, the man behind Free Bars, and the comments they get while sampling is always positive. Everyone loves how they taste. Three, they are full of healthy and whole ingredients, nothing artificial and no preservatives. Free Bars are made right here in Edmonton, and they are quickly popping up in stores around the city. Free Bars use a mixture of hemp hearts, honey, and gluten-free oats as their base. And then there are the three flavors— chocolate chip, mint chocolate chip, and the popular coconut. Free Bar's list of ingredients is short. Like in the coconut, there's just hemp hearts, honey, gluten-free oats, shredded coconut, and coconut oil. That's it. As school gets back into the swing of things and hockey season starts, parents and kids are bringing Free Bar's to the rink as a healthy, delicious snack. Want to try? Listeners of this podcast will get 20% off with the promo code 2MUTS. That's one word, 2MUTS, and the discount will be applied at checkout. Learn more about free bars by visiting us at Strathcona's Farmer's Market, Bountiful Farmer's Market, and St. Albert Farmer's Market, or online at freebars.ca. Want to pick it up at the store? Check out freebars.ca for a full list of our realtors. Don't forget the promo code two months and have arguably the best tasting energy bar today that's free bars um foods uh we'll finish up on this kind of what uh in, in your years of with scouting from Owen Sound to the NHL um you know what are the kind of things you're looking for um what are the kind of conversations you're having with either the player the agent the family um what kind of things that you guys just go, go into, um, you know, cause there's a the long list of players that, you know, succeeded under your resume is, is quite amazing. So kind of what, what, what brings that, brings that out? What are the kind of things that you're, you're looking for that has helped you uh, be so successful throughout your career as an executive? For me, it's, it's <laughs> character and uh, competitiveness. I mean, we all get to see the same tapes, right? So yeah. It's really when you delve back and peel the onion back, what you get either succeeds or it makes you cry. Uh, but for me, it was always Mark and Eddie and I had this thing. I was always, I always erred on the side of compete and he always erred on the side of hockey sense. And if we, we had a real good blend when we came out with it, but I just found if you start to know these kids, for, well, particularly the kids that I had when I was running the under 17 programs and stuff, it was like insider training. Like nobody could know Wayne Simmons the way I knew Wayne Simmons. And that's not a knock on people. It's just, I knew him intrinsically as a human being and what he had to go through to think that as a scout. And at that point you want somebody that you just trust, right? So if you're going to fail, 
or you're going to be wrong on a kid. It's never going to be for effort or determination or leaving it all on the train tracks. And I think some of the best so-and-so picks I've had um, are been responsible for, cared for, like you look at the Simmonses and the Giordanos, like the kind of, everybody was looking at the same player, but I kind of got to know the person to another level. And then they just kind of took it over. And you know that at the National Hockey League level, if you're in a grid organization, they're going to be exposed to every bit of knowledge and training possible. And it's whether they take it. And again, the best students, again, there's so basic concepts, but the best students are the ones that do the work when the teacher's not in the room, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's not level 12 thinking. It's just knowing that that's going to happen, right? You can give anybody the path, but if they don't want to take that path or they just want to work super hard when the teacher's in the room, there's a chance they're going to cheat you down the road, you know, when it's up to you to motivate yourself. So guys like that, to me, were just seeing the bridge, you try and pitch how high their talent's going to be. Like, there's never a chance when I was putting my career in the line for a Mark Giordano that I thought I was going to win the Norris Trophy. Like, that's <laughs> that's different level of taking yourself to another level that I thought Wayne Simmons was going to play a thousand games in the NHL, but I knew, and Curtis McDermott's another, it's because it's, so it's not just guys that have turned out to be quote unquote stars or all-stars. Like I just watched Curtis McDermott and I watched his dad work and I watched him in the gym and I'm like, and he was like five foot eight built like Gilligan from Gilligan's Island. You probably have to date that, but, and I'm saying this kid is going to kill somebody to get in the national hockey league. Right. And now he has at times. But I mean, I just now I watched him naturally. Everybody in the family, he was built like a linebacker. She knew he was going to grow into himself. It was awkward watching him come onto the ice for the first time in L.A. because he looked like his feet were like Bambi. Right. His feet hadn't grown into his hand. And and, and Dean's like, you really want to sign this guy? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he won't let us down. I mean, he might not make it, but he'll he'll kill somebody along the way trying to make it. Yeah. Those are the ones that you feel good about when I, I you can put your head in your pillow at night knowing they're never going to cheat anything that's in front of them. And at a level where you're going to get so many things thrown at you to make you better, they take advantage of everything. And then their natural character kicks in. And I've, and I've said it before, my probably my most proud moment would have been when I don't even know. It's a, I think it was a Mark Messier leadership award, but Justin Williams, who's arguably my best friend in the game, who I had nothing to do with, but has all those elements that I talked about, was nominated. And Wayne Simmons and Mark Giordano were the other two nominees. That, to me, for everything involved in leadership and people and what they are away from the rink. So those guys are never going to let you down. Yeah. Um, whether they make it to the absolute top. I mean, there's just as many guys that have not made it that still keep in touch that because they're where they're successful, whether away from the rank or as coaches and stuff like that, that's because you knew them as people and they were never going to let you down. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's getting to know everybody has, it's an art to figure out how they're going to max out with their physical tools and what they're going to be as a player. Like, I mean, how many people Ryan O'Reilly goes in the second round because he can't skate, right? If you met Ryan O'Reilly, you knew skating wasn't going to be an issue because the person he was, yeah. mm-hmm. I think he was going to, you know, he was going to be a captain somewhere, but the overall player, I mean, Kyle Clifford, he jumped up, probably was a fourth round player. I took it to the top of the second round because once I met him and he told me, uh, he go, it was like, you can't fix the NHL draft. But I think I've told you the story that we, I told him if he was there at the top of the second, we were taking him. So Atlanta was picking ahead of us and they liked him. So he went into their meetings and threatened to throw one of their scouts out of the room, like out of the balcony, over the balcony. He did everything possible to get around Atlanta because he wanted to be an LA King. And it's uh-huh. hilarious because this is Kyle Clifford who 
you know, was never an all-star, a huge part of our two cups, but he was so confident. We knew each other so well that I had the microphone in front of me in the second round and I hadn't even started yet. He was already hugging his family and walking down. Now, how yeah. if I decided, if I decided to pull an audible there, how foolish would that have looked? Yeah. To know that that we just had our work, right? We had our word with our bond. He was already hugged his family and is on his way down. And I hadn't even grabbed the microphone yet. Yeah. Those are pretty cool stories for me. And that's just character plus. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so beautiful. Yeah. There's uh even times we post stuff like yours and when you share it, I always another name that comes up and Nate Thompson. I don't know what your relationship oh, is God. with him, but yeah, he, he always likes something, shares something. Um, you know, I don't know him, never met him, never spoke to him, but I know I'll get you want, I'll get you'll have your if you want your podcast, you want your little, I'll have Nate on with you anytime. And I again, I have nothing to do with his career. Um, I but met he him, loves you. you can see the love between, but I mean, we love each other because this guy came into our organization and he's another guy. I mean, obviously, I mean, you know, this guy's cleaned himself up sober off the ice and just an absolute. It, it amazes me that he's still he's still not. I guess there's this point when people say because I always said if I had it, if I ran a team and it's probably run its gauntlet because he's older now. I just want that guy in my team. Yeah, because every coach fell in like obviously with with us felt too much in love with him. I mean, when we had the oh when our guy who's the guy with the clipboard took over our team. I hate to say it, Willie Willie Desjardins. Yeah, yeah, he was playing him like first line center, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> I love him too, but let's pull back yeah, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And Nate's playing 32 minutes, and I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> I love Nate too, but let's holler back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, how can you not? Oh, He's yeah. the ultimate teammate. He'll fight anybody. He's conditioning. I met like Sully, uh, Sully, a good friend of mine. Uh, and we met and he's just a wonderful human being like, yeah. and I mean, and, and he's the ultimate pro. I mean, to have to battle the demons he did to become the player that he did yeah, and still show up to work every day. He's a, I mean, you don't find a better human being than Nate Thompson. So yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us today. Foods, uh, Rev, you have anything you want to add before we jump out? And he just, you know, guy with the clipboard. I think I'm going to take that one away today. <laughs> Right on. <laughs> right. You can't just have names. Don't I know guys in back life in a different way. No, it's listen, and it's not even. It's not even. It's not insulting. It's just. It's just funny. You know. It's just. It's well, just it was funny. a part of my career, and Willie's a, a wonderful guy and stuff. But it's it's one of those parts that I was like, that was part of our. I mean, Blake. He had hired him, and he had never. He hadn't met him. And he just didn't. Like, it, it just wasn't the right hire for us at the time. But what I want, he's. I'll tell you what. Incredible guy. What a wonderful, incredible junior career. And one of the nicest gentlemen I ever, but at, at the time it was not the right hire for the Los Angeles. Yeah. Kings. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so he's much more than the, the clipboard, but <laughs> when you're on a podcast trying to snap a name, that's the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. 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 All right. right. Uh, well, uh, you know, enjoy the, enjoy the rest of the week here foods. We'll get you back on uh, very shortly here to break down some more playoff games, but uh, thanks for joining us today. Rev, thank you for uh, thanks for jumping in and uh, pleasure. Not too much, uh, too, not too often. A king and a cock can have a nice conversation and walk away peacefully. Exactly. There you right? go. So, so, uh, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, you guys have a have a good one. We'll chat soon. Thank you.